Hey there, and welcome to the Smart and Simple Matters show with your host, Joel Zeslovsky. Come along with me on a wandery episode full of labels you won't find in the grocery store. This is episode number 93. Yo, yo, it's great to be rattling around in your ears, and I'm grateful that, well, A, you have ears, and B, your ears and brain thought it would be a good use of your time and attention to crank up this show. Yeah. I just walked in the door from walking my dog in sub-zero Fahrenheit wind chill weather, so if my tongue seems slow or I seem a little bit more uh, invigorated than usual, there you go. You know where we're going right now, though? to some special thanks to our show's patrons on Patreon. All six of you have me thinking, sweet, sassy, molassy, you make me happy. And I hope you'll have some great company from someone who's listening to this very episode right now. Because, as always, I don't have sponsors. I just have you. So consider showing your support for me, this show in our community at joelzeslovsky.com slash Patreon. Now, here's an extra dose of love to Angelica in Germany, who wrote me a note recently and said this. I have enjoyed your podcast for over a year now, and having listened to every episode, I am a big fan. Thank you for the time and effort you put into your work, for your open mind and empathetic approach towards a lot of different people, for helping others find their tribe, your generosity, and for sticking to your values when you deliver fantastic interviews. <laughs> Those are her words, not mine. That's funny. Uh, I continue. I have learned a lot. I am now documenting my own internet and podcast consumption in a massive spreadsheet. And whilst I struggle with many of the non-materialistic elements of simple living, I am working on integrating more and more of them into my everyday rhythm. Woo, that is sweet. Angelica, I receive that personally. And on behalf of your fellow SASM listeners, you and what you share are tremendous. If you can't already tell my mood, ooh, it's as warm as my face is cold. So let's continue to spread some joy, shall we? To celebrate the two-year anniversary of publishing my book, Experience Curating, the Amazon Kindle version will be free across the world from February 18 through February 22, 2016. Just go to joelzislavsky.com slash ECB, Echo Charlie Bravo, during that window and get your curating on, yeah, preferably in Excel spreadsheets. That's joelzeslowski.com slash ECB from February 18th through the 22nd. I also have a fun-related surprise for new Patreon supporters if this curating your existence thing is your kind of dealio. So what's in this episode? Well, I had a chat with my pal Jeff Sanquist over at intentionallywandering.com four months ago, and I'm finally publishing it. Now, in between the gap in time for recording versus publishing, Jeff has wandered his way from his previous home on the internet, coffeebaconandbooks.com, to intentionallywandering.com. So every time you hear us talk about bacon, just replace that with the word intentional. Every time you hear books, just think wandering. And I don't drink coffee, so I'm going to let you come up with a word replacement for that one on your own. 
Jeff and I, ooh, we got really real about halfway through our conversation uh, to the point that we may have to both change our middle names to Frank, as in, you know, being Frank. In between it all, we discussed why knowing that life is fragile, that can be a curse and a blessing, how to uncover your core values and live in alignment with them, when smart goals are actually dumb, and why not all those who wander are lost. There may also be the triumphant return of How Crazy Is Joel and some talk about 1990s era wrestlers. Don't let your brain wander while listening because the whole episode is groovy from top to bottom, baby. Here we go. It's going to be a fun one today because two wild multi-potentialite dudes are about to intentionally wander our way around the verbal playground. My guest for this episode is Jeff Sanquist, a self-described student of life with a variety of interests and passions, most of which revolve around continuous learning, personal growth, intentional living, and sharing what he's learned with others. He writes about his experiences at coffeebaconbooks.com, helps other folks tell their stories and life lessons on his Intentional Wandering podcast, and... uh He's been known to enjoy his fair share of coffee, bacon, and books along the way. Jeff, what up? Stoked to have you join me for a chat. Hey, hey Joel. Thanks for the intro. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you know how this goes. Thank, thank you for your previous listening uh, to Smart and Simple Matters. And it's just it's so, it's such a treat as a friend, um, as somebody who gets this, who's so into it, to have you on the show. You're, we're going to start where we always start a conversation, something I call the seeds of awesomeness. So to help people understand how you came to be the person you are today, can you tell us something unique about your environment as a youth or maybe one or two experiences you had growing up that had a big impact? Yeah, I have been obviously listening to your show since the very beginning, and I'm sure we'll talk about how big of an influence it has been on on my work and my life. So uh, just first, thanks for thanks for having me on here, and thanks for all that you've you've done and shared. Uh, it's made a huge difference for me. But as far as the seeds of awesomeness, I've been thinking about this all week, and I'm like, man, it's only a 45 minute show. I don't I don't know if I can uh, I don't know if I can make that much shorter. <laughs> I'm like you, Joel. We're we're both very comprehensive, and we like a lot of background information. So I'll, I'll try to keep it succinct. Um, so I, I guess I would say I grew up a pretty uh, typical, like Midwestern middle class uh, life in the Twin Cities of, of Minnesota. And so my, the, I think the thing that stands out that I always go back to is that my my dad passed away from cancer when I was about four and a half, and that's had a lot of of impact in my life, both positive and, and negative, obviously. But I really feel like that event early on in my my childhood has really uh, shaped a lot of the ways that I, I look at the look at the world, the the lens I view things through and and, and really my my path along the way. So that being said, I was the like typical firstborn uh, type A straight A student, followed the rules, checked the boxes, uh, I was on this path that I, I basically, you know, listened to whatever anyone told me, kind of the authority figures in, in life. And I got to the point where I had I had checked all the boxes. 
I got good grades. I, you know, I got married. I, I went to college a, a couple of times. Uh, I thought I had like my, my life and my career all planned out for me. And then about, well, I'd say it started about five years ago. Um, a little more now. I, I, I kind of had this, uh, what you call it, your personal renaissance. I call it my quarter life crisis. And I just, I left town for basically two weeks and did a solo road trip for uh, 5,000 miles across the, the country and really trying to discover myself and, and figure out what is it that is important to me in life. And from there, uh, I discovered uh, changes in my health. I discovered uh, minimalism and simplicity. I discovered this, this thing I call intentionally wandering. And it's just been this, this journey of me coming to the point where I am not, I'm, I haven't been satisfied with checking the boxes any longer. So I've made career changes. I've made lifestyle changes. I've made uh, all sorts of different, uh, I guess, right, right turns uh, that I never thought that I would ever actually make. So my life is actually uh, probably 180 from where it was, you know, even five years ago and definitely from the, the way that I, that I grew up. So I, I think that answers the seeds of awesomeness. Wouldn't that be left turns since you and I are both left-handed? Instead yeah, of I guess. Right turns. Yeah, I guess it would be a, a left turn. Or because we're lefties, right. the unpredictable thing would be to go right. I think that's maybe where I was going with it because I am I am left-handed, so I uh, I always tend to think on the the, the left side of things. <laughs> well, let's let's follow the road analogy. You were talking about your five thousand mile road trip and your quarter life crisis. Let's just back it up a little bit. Let's put it in reverse. I want to talk just ever so briefly about uh, you mentioned when your dad died of cancer when you were four and a half. And you said that there were a number of positive and negative things that came out of that. Can you give us an example of one positive and one negative thing, whether you anticipated it or whether it was surprising? I would just love to get a little bit of context on that. Yeah, I actually think that the positive and negative um, have, they go hand in hand and they've kind of flipped throughout my life. So one of the things that that losing a a parent early on did for me was it, it really made me very aware of, of how fragile life is. It really made me very aware and, and actually very fearful. It caused me a lot of, of, of anxiety growing up and for a long time of losing the people that were important to me. So I've, I've always, I think because of that, I've always played things pretty safe. I've always done uh, the, taken the, the safer, more secure, more known path and so that was, I think, where it kind of started. But I did another road trip this this past year, uh, a couple of months ago in the in the summer, and I I did a similar route. This one was a little longer. It was uh, six thousand miles, and I was gone for thirty one days. And I feel like it was kind of the the recap. Uh, it was like the ending of that that five year uh, chapter. And I feel like it actually gave me a lot of closure about my my dad's death that I didn't even. I didn't even know needed to happen still at, at, at 31 now. And part of it was before I left, my, my wife said, you know, this, this road trip you're taking, it, it's kind of the, the sort of thing that someone who is, is dying would take. And I thought about that. And my dad passed away when he was uh, just after he had turned 32. And I'm going to be 32 in, in March. And it really got me thinking about how if, if I were my dad, uh, you know, if, if that were the 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 hand that life dealt me like this this would kind of be it like this would be the end of my life and that was a very sobering uh and and also motivating in a weird way um 
that this is the one life. And I know people say that all the time, but this is the one life that we get. So you might as well do something with it and you might as well do what you want with it. And so that has been, I think, the the positive thing is realizing that, you know, at the end of the day, I only get one of these here. And so I might as well uh, do with it what I feel is, is most important instead of always listening to what I'm supposed to do or what I should do from, uh, from outside sources. Yeah, man. I, t- I totally get that. Uh, let's, you've already talked about it a couple of times. So your road trip when you're 25, your road trip when you're 30, all this time solo as, as well. So all this time, and even before you had this term intentionally wandering, you, that's what you were doing. You just didn't have the kind of awareness or the kind of context for it. So before we get any deeper, I would love for you to re- just explain this concept, whether there's a definition, um, whatever it may happen to be. In, when you say intentionally wandering, what do you mean by that? So I think the, the best way I can explain it is how, how I came to come to that term. And this was actually about a, uh, two years ago now when I had discovered this, this minimalism and simplicity stuff. And I made a bunch of changes in my life. And I was actually, I was feeling very, um, I was feeling very inspired, but I was also feeling extremely lost and just like, what, what am I doing? What am, where am I going? Like, I know that, 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 that I need to go in a different direction, but I just felt completely lost in so many ways. And my wife and I were, uh, celebrating her birthday in a small town in Wisconsin. And we were going along the main street, going through these shops. And we went into a jewelry store of all places. And, and I, we never go in there. Like we don't, we don't buy that kind of stuff. We were just exploring all the shops. And on the back wall, there was the quote from, from J.R.R. Tolkien from, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings fame. And it said, you know, not all those who wander are lost. And as much of a geek and a nerd as I am when it comes to like Star Wars and comic books and all that kind of stuff, somehow this quote had escaped me all my life, or at least I hadn't noticed it. And now, and now I see it on like every other bumper sticker and, and <laughs> everywhere and people send it to me all the time. But I saw that quote. And in that moment, I was like, I had this moment of clarity of, of being like, you know what, I, I'm wandering and that's okay. And I'm really not lost. I'm, I'm doing this intentionally. And so intentional wandering for me is, is living a life that aligns with your values. It is taking the time to know and understand yourself and know and understand what is important to you and then explore what that world looks like instead of looking at what other people have done. I think that's important to get some ideas. Um, but not following a specific formula, figuring it out on your own. And so that's where the, the wandering part comes in is I'm always, I, I love looking for connections. I love trying new things and, and, and seeing where the path leads me. And that, again, that's something that I, I didn't do a whole lot of when I was younger because I was, I was playing it safe. I was playing it scared. But I've always had, had a ton of varied interests. So I was, like you said, I've been doing this in a way all my life this is just a whole new level of doing it um, than I've ever experienced before. So do you wander with goals and with a vision or you're just comfortable kind of floating might be the wrong word, but just existing and being? Yeah, so I, I gave up traditional goals a couple of years ago. Uh, the, the smart goals to me, honestly, always seem kind of stupid. <laughs> um, so what I've actually focused on over the last couple of years is is I've had uh, I've had kind of a, a mantra that I've lived by. So obviously uh, from kind of the simple living and, and minimalism space, it was you know uh, create more and consume less, and that's just kind of an overarching theme in my life. 
whatever that means, however I can apply it. Um, but then I've also, there was a book I found called uh, The One Word That Will Change Your Life Forever, I think was the title. And then from there, uh, Chris Brogan has a, I think it's a blog post, like the three word goal, basically. But the idea of all of them is to really find words that are uh, powerful and appropriate and and inspire you and and so I use I use words and phrases and uh, a vision and also uh, what do I want my life to feel like as my my guiding principle as opposed to uh, specific you know measurable you know, all those those smart goals I think that for for some people those actually work for me I got really frustrated and and caught up in the details and it, it really actually was more detrimental to me than anything else. So I found that by using words and phrases and, and a vision and feelings that that has actually helped to lead me in a better way. Okay. That doesn't surprise me that it's not just one thing though. You're taking phrases or a number of words and you're putting them together because we are similar in a lot of ways. And just, we you hear me out for a moment? I want to go down a little path that oh, yeah. I think we're both really equipped to and people are going to have a lot of fun hearing about. So um, I've been thinking about this one for a little while and we're both minimalists. We're both multi-potentialites, so someone with a diversity of pastures, interests, and skills. And if, if we use a pretty common definition of minimalism, it's the intentional promotion of the things we most value and the removal of everything that distracts us from it. And what I think is, so what if we find new things that we value most from the things that seem like distractions at the time, from the wandering that we're doing? So in other words, do you feel a tension between minimalism and being a multi-potentialite? That's a great question. And I don't know that I've ever actually thought about that until you just asked that. You know, I would say more than anything, I have personally struggled more with the labels associated with anything, especially when it comes to minimalism, simple living, even multi-potentialite. I have been someone who has, again, I've lived my life through labels uh, because I have had a lot of varied interests and I get into the things that I'm interested in. I I adopt them or I have adopted them in the past as as my identity. And so people know you're a comic book dork. Like that yeah. is enlightening to me to know, oh, this dude's nerdy like I am and he loves comic books. Yeah, and I, I think that labels are important. And I actually heard someone on a on a radio show recently uh, define labels as labels are, are locators. And I think that is the important part that I've come to more recently is that labels are locators. They help us find each other. They help us find our tribe, the people that we that we jive with and that we, you know, we align with. But for me, I also have fallen into the trap that 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 label becomes so much of my identity that at times it's very difficult to then let go of when that thing is no longer serving me. So for instance, with the with the minimalism stuff, when I let go of, I mean, I got rid of my comic book collection and, and most of my, my DVDs and my action figures and all these other collections, all these things that defined me, I had a period of adjustment where I had to really struggle with who is Jeff. Like, if I'm not the guy with a big comic book collection and a huge movie library and all these other things that I've, I've lived my life and had them define me, then then who am I? Or even the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm technically a chiropractor. That's my, that's my schooling and my education, but, but I don't practice chiropractic actively. And so that was a really difficult time 
for me to let go of saying, introducing myself as a chiropractor. Yeah. Am I a chiropractor? Yeah. But I, I, I don't practice. It's not a huge part of my, uh, of my, of my life any longer. It's a part, but it's not the part. So I don't know if that answers your question. Mm, I don't know if it does either. And I don't know if there is a good answer to this question. I mean, I, I would be great if people will chime in in the show notes and let us know if they self-identify as a multi-potentialite and they also are into minimalism. I've had trouble reconciling this because, you know, minimalism, that, that intentional focus on what we most value and the removal of everything that distracts us from it, I'm totally into it. But it's oftentimes the things that seem like distractions, the new things, like how do we ever, as folks who are very curious and easily fascinated, how do we bring new things into our life, which I I need, like I need those new people, those new ideas. How do I reconcile it with the fact that I'm always looking to um, release some of the things that are holding me back or that no longer serve me or no longer allow me to contribute to others? So I don't have a good uh, answer either. It's just something... I think it actually comes down to something that you are a big fan of is this idea of curating. I think the the biggest thing for me is that it, the minimalism lens or outlook on life has really forced me to actually sit down and, and look at the things that I thought were important or, or that I even currently think are important and ask the hard questions and say, is this still important to me? And if not, be able to let go of that and know that that something else will fill its place most likely and that's okay. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me has been the willingness to let go of things. Whereas before I was always holding on to everything and adding new things at the same time. Whereas now I'm much more willing to let go of things, um, and let things in as they, as they will come as well. How do you do that? When you say let go of things, obviously your comic books are different than relationships. So I would imagine there's a little bit of difference depending on whether we're talking about physical or digital, social, financial. Do you have some kind of general framework that your mind works in when you make the decision, hey, you know what, peace out, time not to have this in my life? Yeah, I'm, I'm a very black and white person in a lot of ways. And so when I make decisions, I, I make them oftentimes very dramatically and drastically and and I stick with them until they no longer serve me so like you know you and I we bonded over this whole like you know paleo and and ancestral living kind of idea before um my body does not do well with gluten uh and so I have been gluten free 100% for like three and a half years I've felt so good and it changed my life in such a dramatic fashion that I've never even wanted to go back to to consuming it again um, same thing when I when we decided to you know minimize our life, I guess you would say, we got rid of our like about seventy percent of our possessions within a month. So and, and and we haven't added back since. So I would say that for me, um, it's a it's a very internal process. Whether it's stuff, digital relationships, whatever it is, it's a very internal process. But once I've made that decision, um, that's the that's the easy part. Once I've made the decision. I typically don't go back. I typically move on. Um, the hard part for me is all the internal struggle leading up to that final decision. Okay. So when I say everything in moderation, Jeff, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel angry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's a, a Gretchen Rubin who wrote The Happiness Project. And she has a, a new book, and I always blank on, on what the book is. And I haven't actually read the book, but I, I've read some summaries of it, and I've, I've listened to some interviews that she's done. 
And based on her research, she found that that people oftentimes fit into one of two camps. And obviously there's a spectrum, so there's some overlap, but people in in some areas of their life are more moderators and other areas they are more abstainers. And again, there's there's variations of this, but I would say that for most of my areas of life, I am very much an abstainer, meaning it's an all or nothing deal for me. So for example, I used to eat a lot of Oreos. I loved Oreos. Uh, I don't eat them anymore, but I'm the type of person that if there's a bag of Oreos in the in the cupboard, I will eat the whole bag of Oreos within a day or two. The same thing happens with chips. It's like it's it's an all or nothing. Versus like my mom, she can have a bag of cookies in the in the cupboard and she can go get one every day or two and be just fine. So I think that, you know, for me, a, a big thing that I've discovered is really understanding and getting to know your internal wiring, not just like a personality type, but like your strengths and how you are wired, how you make decisions, how you tick. Uh, and by understanding that, that's actually helped me to make a lot of decisions in my life. And really, you know what, I, I just like we say with food, we just can't have certain things in our house. Doesn't mean I won't eat them when I go out to eat or I'm at a party or a friend's house or something. But there's just certain things that I just don't keep around me because I I know myself well enough to know that that's not probably going to go very well. Yes. Yeah. I love, there's a, one of the best books I've read in the last few years called It Starts With Food. And they have a section in there, they call it Food With No Breaks. Both from a physiological and from a psychological perspective, there's certain foods and it differs from person to person where once you get started, it doesn't stop the food without breaks. I thought it would be appropriate to bring that up because I, I feel that all the time and I don't want to have it around. Like Melinda can have a bag of Oreos in the house for two months and maybe three of them will be gone. And if there's a bag of Oreos here within a few days, they'll be gone. And sh- and she'll be like, how come I didn't get to eat Oreo? I'm like, honey, they were here for four days. That's a long time. She's like, no, no, only for you. You crazy. You got to go all in on things. So I, I want to ask you real quick, as far as being all in right now, what are you all in on? What am I all in on? Whether it's the creative work that you're doing, whether it's the type of activities you're doing around town, like since you're not a you're not a moderator, you're a black and white, all in, all out kind of guy. What are you all in on right now? I would say, you know, I'm for the most part, I would say I'm I'm all in on keeping myself healthy, and you know, I'm by far not perfect at it, but. I I watch what I eat. I also enjoy what I eat. So it doesn't mean that I, you know, last night I went out for a burger and fries with no bun, but burger and fries with a friend. And, you know, I'll have my occasional gluten-free donuts and all that kind of stuff. So I still enjoy, you know, things that people would probably say, well, that's not healthy. You shouldn't be eating that. But again, for me, it's, it's most of the time I am very restrictive or that's probably not even the right word. I'm very, very intentional. And even when I even when I go outside of those bounds, I'm still intentional. Like I'm not going to eat a, a regular donut. I'm going to find a gluten-free donut and I know the baker and I know what she puts in her stuff. Um, so I'd say my health, I, I, I'm, I'm an avid biker, although it's, uh, <laughs> it's coming down to where it's getting so dang cold. That's probably going to be done pretty soon here in Minnesota. And uh, outside of that, I would say the podcast, uh, the podcast that I've been doing for the last about six months. I am definitely all in and, and absolutely just loving that experience. So those are, I'd say, the, the things I'm all in on right now. Yeah. Are you, would you say you're all in on keeping it real? 
Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> okay. I mean, who's going to say no to that, right? Like, no, I'm not all in on keeping it real. What do you even mean, Joel? Uh, I did. We were going back and forth this week in terms of, hey, what are we going to talk about? Maybe some different topics. I want to just go down the road and get real, baby, really real for a second. So you were the first person to contact me after I published um, SASM episode 81 where I talk about all these things over the last 10 years and just I'm like, hey, world, check me out. I'm deeply flawed and here's all my deep, dark secrets. Boom. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, you, you just, you felt, you told me because you called me like literally a couple seconds after listening to the episode and you felt compelled this very instant you were saying to to talk about it. So what is it about hearing somebody just be totally authentic and vulnerable or about that episode where you just felt this urge to have a conversation? Well, I would say first, we probably need a little background information that, you know, you were you were one of, if not the first people that I reached out to when I, after I had read everything that remains by the minimalists and, and decided that my my lifestyle was going in a different direction. I had stumbled across, uh, across you and your podcast and, and Simple Rev. And, uh, you know, I had I, I emailed you and said, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee and pick your brain? And, and in true Joel fashion, you invited me over to your house instead. So we had a great conversation. And for whatever reason, you know, for as, as uh, man, this is hard to talk about, actually. I, I didn't realize this. Um, for whatever reason, I always felt that we connected very well on a certain level. And then there was a much deeper level that I, I just felt like I wasn't getting the full, the full Joel experience. Like, I, I, there was something... There was always something held back. There was something that you weren't telling me. Like I and and not to point fingers because this is a, you know a relationship is a is a two way street. And so in feeling that, I also felt very, which is usually not my nature. I, I held back things. There were uh, I wouldn't say certain things because I, I I didn't know what that would result in, and I I was so appreciative of everything that you'd done, and I didn't want to mess up the relationship, and so that all kind of like, I guess, simmered and, and bubbled underneath the surface for, for quite a while. And I had had a lot of, uh, you know, to be, again, very honest, like I had some, some pretty strong uh, negative feelings uh, towards you by the time that I, I heard that inner, you know, heard that episode. And by the time that I got done, I was like, you know what, like, this is, this is garbage, you need to, you know, step up and, and, you know, if, if, if Joel is who he says he is, and if you are who you say you are, like you have to, you have to have a conversation about this, and you have to have a real conversation. There's no more, there's no more tiptoeing around. And I'm usually a pretty upfront uh, person, but for whatever reason, I hadn't been, and so that had been really gnawing at me. And so I, I literally, I, I finished the episode. It was like two seconds later, and I hit your number, and I was just hoping that you were going to pick up because. I, we had to talk. We had to. We had to hash this out. And since we did, like seriously, our, our relationship has been on a completely other level that I I didn't even know existed. And I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, me too. I'm really happy that we had that conversation. And it's it's counterintuitive. Like if I just tell everybody all the things that are wrong with me or that I feel are messed up or that why well, I want to improve, like they're going to look down upon me. I'm going to be unredeemable. 
But the more that you allow yourself to be out there, at least in this world, at least in the circles that we run in, the better your relationships get, the more candid your conversations get, the more growth you and the people that you surround yourself with can have. It's just, it's been a really cool experience for me. And I know that you've got something like that inside of you. I mean, there's a lot of things where you talked about your podcast. So I know you've had, you had the same kind of conflict that I have. So this podcast that I've done, been doing it for four years. I absolutely love it. It brings me great joy, but that's sometimes all it brings me. Um, I get iTunes reviews. Those are wonderful. I get emails and thank you notes, but I don't generate an income from it. Sometimes it's just crickets when I publish an episode and, and you wonder like, do people actually give a damn about what I just put out into the world? You've had some of those thoughts too. Are, are you still wrapping your mind around you know, what it means to show up again and again authentically and seemingly have the world not care? Yeah, that is definitely something that I, I still struggle with on a daily basis. I've been, you know, I, I started off with a, with a blog and kind of started off with a thud and, uh, and it, it's slowly grown, but it's never, you know, taken off. And when, when I, when you put your heart and soul into something and really feel like you're, you're adding something beneficial to the world and then the world just kind of ignores you, um, that's a, that's a tough thing to, to handle for anyone. And I think that that's, that, unfortunately, that's just, that's part of life. And what I've found is that I, I can't rely on the feedback of others to determine if I'm going to continue to do something or not. Obviously, financially, we all have to make you know a living and we have to be able to support ourselves and all that kind of stuff. But if it's something that is truly important and truly aligns with your values and, and, and makes, makes you happy just doing it, I think you have to put away that you have to put away those feelings of, of the audience or or, or who it's, who it's reaching, because if you can't do that, like there's never going to be enough. And I, I noticed this even just with like, you know, as things have progressively gotten better with the number of people reading or Twitter followers or Instagram or, um, you know, whatever it is, I can easily look back and say, I remember when I had this many people reading or this many people, you know, following and being like, oh, when I get to this level, like life's going to be great. And then I, and then you get there and you're like, Oh, when I get to this and you never actually arrive. So I think the, the biggest, the biggest thing is just, do you find value in what you're doing and does it align, align with, with what is most important in your life? And the rest of it is, is really out of your hands. It really, really is in my opinion. Yeah. Well, how about, uh, that makes total sense to me, but what about the people who do engage you who say, Oh, your thing's cool. Like I love your podcast. And then you say, great. Um, you know those iTunes reviews? They're super duper helpful to spread our message and to give me some visibility and to make sure that I can help more people. And they're like, nope, nope, not going to take two minutes to do that. Or, I mean, you have been the primary host for our Simple Rev local gatherings in the Twin Cities for 14 months now. You've been doing it monthly, which is awesome. And some of the potential participants are more flaky than uh, a shotgun Las Vegas couple getting eloped met the day before they'll, they'll rsvp for a free gathering and then 20 25 of those people will show up how how do you deal with that 
And I'm asking because I want to know. And also just from your perspective, like people who are seemingly engaged and seemingly interested, when it's time to actually show up, whether figuratively or literally, and they don't, what do you do? I think the biggest thing for me is, is holding on to or focusing, trying. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely, again, a a very intentional thing is focusing on the people that are showing up, uh, focusing on the people that are, are engaged and are responding and, and, and are supporting you because, you know, we're wired and, and I know myself, I'm very much wired towards the negative more so than the positive. So I could have, I could have a million positive comments on something and one negative one. And I would, I would think about that negative one for, for the rest of the day, maybe the rest of the month, maybe the rest of the year. Like I would focus on that thing. I, you know, I I think people are people and, and you have to allow people to, to, to be people and they're going to disappoint you and they're going to uh, flake out and they are going to, that's just, that's just part of it. Um, Again, I have to keep coming back to for myself, I have to keep coming back to what is valuable to me and is this aligning with what I want to get out of life and what I want to show up and bring to the table. And if, if it gets to the point where that is no longer, um, no longer there, and it, and it has been in the past, where because the overwhelming, I guess, response has been so lackluster that it just, for me, it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't been meaningful to continue. Uh, so it was uh, changing or shifting or pivoting towards something else in hopes of, of finding that alignment that also aligned with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being wired towards the negative, I think hum- all humans are. We can train ourselves not to be as much, but the default state is fear and worry and it can absolutely be about love and compassion and gratitude and all the things that we want more of. Um, It's really hard, especially in a culture like ours where you don't necessarily learn these things uh, as, as whether it's coping skills or whether it's just the way that you operate in the world. So let's, uh, from going from how we're wired to, you mentioned it before, I haven't done this in a while and I know we talk about deep stuff in the show and in this conversation, but we also like to have a little fun and get a little silly. So you mentioned before how I invited you over to my house when you sent me an email. We didn't know each other and I was like, hey, instead of meeting at Starbucks, like the tea is free at my house. The, <laughs> the furniture is more comfy. Just come on over here and hang out with me. For a lot of folks, they're like, well, you're crazy, dude. You're just inviting strangers over to your house to have some tea and to hang out with you. Yes, that's true. I do that, and I do that frequently. You got any other... I haven't done a how crazy is Joel question in a while. You got any other things that you want to tell people in terms of how crazy I am? Hmm, how crazy is Joel? No, I mean, I don't I don't think so. I think if people just meet you or, or listen to the podcast, I think you get a pretty good idea of how crazy Joel is. I think for the most part, you know, the, I, I listen to your, I listen to your intros for all the podcasts and I just, I laugh and I'm like, only Joel could pull this off because if, <laughs> if I even tried to say half of this stuff, like, oh my gosh, I would be committed. I just sound so ridiculous that it, but it works. Like it just, it works for you. So no, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Sorry. Jeff, would you like to take the opportunity to say sweet, sassy, molassie? Sweet, sassy, molassie. That's pretty good. How about, uh, would you like to quote any part of the Humpty Dance? No, because I don't know it. 
Okay. I'll work with you on that one. <laughs> I wanted to add one more thing uh, uh, to what we were saying before, actually, as far as, as, you know, people not showing up and people not, you know, doing what you're, what you're, you're trying to, you know, I guess in a way influence them to do or, or, or get them to do. I always go back to, again, am I doing what I'm asking for? So if I'm asking for iTunes reviews, I go leave some iTunes reviews. I ask myself, have you left iTunes reviews for all the podcasts that you listen to? Have you, you know, if I'm asking for an email response, have you responded to any of the emails that you get in your inbox? If I'm asking for whatever it is, I always try to turn it back on myself and say, are you doing the same thing that you're asking for? And I think that more than people not doing it, that's the thing that pisses me off the most is when I see people who are asking for things and yet are not doing the things that they're asking for. That's what really makes me mad. Are you doing the same thing that you're asking other people to do for you? That is a great question. I'm going to remember that one for sure. Wow. Um, I got a couple more things for you. So this one, uh, I, just because you're into road trips, you're into old school wrestling, you're into bacon. Can I ask you a quick question about those things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, where's this guy going? He's crazy. I am crazy. I guess we'll add this one to the how crazy is Joel bucket because I ask questions like this because I this genuinely a- want to know. This is appropriately the most intentionally wandering podcast I've done, I think. Bada bing, baby. That is perfect. See, I knew we were going down good roads here. All right. If I made you choose between going on a road trip with one of wrestling's finest, Macho Man Randy Savage, Jimmy the Superfly Snooka, whoever it may happen to be, and they're riding in the front seat with you, and you're just homies, and you're having a great time, or you're going solo on a road trip, but... In the passenger seat is 100 pounds of pasture-raised bacon. Which one would you pick? Man, that's tough. You know, I'd actually have to go with the, the wrestler one. Um, you know, I think I can buy 100 pounds of pasture-raised bacon at some point uh, over at least my lifetime. But I think I'd go with the wrestler one. And I would have to pick, actually, and he's unfortunately no longer, no longer with us, uh, the Ultimate Warrior, who uh. passed away uh, last year. And total geek out here if you if you know anything about pro wrestling or if you want to just kind of it's an interesting story he had a huge falling out with with the wwe back in the day and uh he's he he was the type of person that was very convicted about his beliefs and he was very intense and he was very black and white in the way that he thinks and that caused a lot of a lot of issues, and it caused a lot of people to have negative opinions of him. And a lot of that was thankfully reconciled before he he passed away. And actually, uh, weird as it was, his passing away like actually affected me. Not not because of like I was a huge fan of him as a wrestler, but because I he was somebody that I looked to for inspiration. I would pull up his intense and crazy uh, YouTube videos when I was having a down day. And, and he was a, he was a source of inspiration for me. And so when, when he was gone, I, to me, I felt like I lost, I I actually felt like I lost a piece of, of, of the world that was, that was inspiring me to, to keep going and, and be me and, uh, really focus on, on living my life as opposed to the life that I've been told I'm supposed to live. Yeah. Yes. 
I am going to link to what I feel is the seminal Ultimate Warrior YouTube video. I think it's about two minutes long. I believe it was about a year ago. Mike Vardy shared it on Facebook. Maybe you saw it too um, for people who want more. And I'm going to link to lots of other stuff. Like we didn't even get an opportunity to talk about, I mean, we've talked about podcasting, but the blog posts that are already out on Coffee Bacon Books, there's one called Escape Plan or Experience Experiment. It's awesome. I want people to read that. Um, there's another one about TV and why you don't watch TV. That is great, too. So I'm going to link to a whole bunch of other things. And actually, on the topic of the podcast, whether you're going to explore more about The Ultimate Warrior or other things, so I, I listen to it every single week, and you have had some dynamite episodes. What's the deal with your podcast? What's the deal with my podcast? That is a loaded question. Or uh, if you want something more specific, here, here's, we'll do one that's a little more specific. You wait until the very end of your episodes to ask people one final question, and that's what's your why? You know, why are you the person you are? Why do you do the things you do? Here's my question to you. Why do you wait until the end? I don't know. I just feel like that's a... It's a good. It's a good wrap up. Maybe it's uh, better if I if I ask it in the beginning. Is that what you're alluding to? Well, you like leading with why a lot of times, so I'm just wondering why. I've used the word why like a hundred times in the last two minutes. I'm wondering why you wait for the why until the end. You know, I have never given it a thought. That just seemed to be the natural progression as I was uh, writing out my show notes and kind of structuring it. I would also say that my my show has been influenced by a number of podcasts that I that I listen to and and that I like. Just as all of our work is influenced by somebody, and so I'm sure that I, I picked that sort of uh, sort of structure up along the line somewhere as well. Yeah, it's weird how long those you you listen to somebody you're like, oh, that's cool. I like how they do that segment. I'm gonna do it differently, but I'm gonna incorporate it into my thing. I have those all. I should actually do some kind of meta analysis and break down how I came to the seeds of awesomeness, where that came from. Like the wacky intros that I do, I, I mean, I could tell people each component, the intro music that I got, it's kind of fun when you piece all these individual components together to make the whole, but you break it apart and you're like, oh, I see what's going on here. Yeah, it makes sense now. Your podcast, by the way, makes sense. It's great. Intentional Wandering, I'm gonna link to that in the show notes. Um, now, finally, is there anything we didn't talk about that you would like people to know? No, I, I I don't think so, really. I mean, we hit a lot of stuff. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is that right now, as we said, what am I focused on? My my focus and my passion is really going all towards the the podcast at this point in time. I'm I'm still figuring out what this intentionally wandering journey is all about. Um, it, like the blog and stuff started off as as it was it was me. It was about my journey. Um, that I was on because I I didn't know really where I was going and, and what I was doing. So it was very much kind of a, a personal journal in, in a lot of ways. And it's evolved over the past year and handful of months. And I'm really, I think, going towards, I found that I really love helping other people share their stories of what I would consider intentionally wandering, uh, whether they do or not, that's, you know, that's up to them. But I really enjoy sharing other people's stories and then also sharing my own because I think that there's so much that we can learn from each other but not have to be told what to do is really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. it's, it's getting people to it's getting people to think. It's getting people to ask why. It's getting people to 
raise their awareness and their consciousness and, and notice the world and the choices around them and, and the ones that they're making. And that's a, I realize that's a very like lofty goal and, and <laughs> focus, but that, that's what drives me. Like, I'm super curious. I love learning. I love sharing what I've learned. And when I see that there's potentially, uh, I don't know if I would say a better way, but a different way or uh, something new, I want to help other people who are looking for for the same thing. I, I keep telling people, they're like, "Who's your Who's your podcast for? Who's your Who's your Who's this intentionally wandering stuff all for?" It's for me five years ago. I'm 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 I want to help me five years ago. So I know there's people out there like that, and that's who I want to help. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful that you shared your stories. I'm grateful that you're sharing your stories here. Uh, they make me say, "Sweet sassy molassie." Hot diggity, great googly moogly, which one would you prefer? Those all work for me. A combination of the three of them. Oh, dude, you're Great googly, sassy, molassy, diggity. <laughs> you are so rad. This has been fun. I knew we were going to have a good time. And I know everybody else who's just smiling or chuckling along with us right now. That's good. All right. Where can we find you online or if they're local to the Twin Cities in the United States of America, the real world? Yeah, so online, uh, it is Jeff underscore wandering at Twitter and Instagram. Those are the places that I'm most active. I uh, love having conversations back and forth on Twitter. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a photo junkie. I love posting photos of my wanderings. Uh, it's all over the board, as you probably can guess. There's, there's, uh, there's train car graffiti. There's uh, food. There's coffee. There's books. There's all sorts of uh, just my wanderings on there on a daily basis. Other than that, uh, the podcast is Intentional Wandering. Um, the blog is coffeebaconbooks.com right, uh, right now, but that's, that's going to be changing. Um, but you could, you could uh, check that out as well. And otherwise, I'm in Minneapolis. I'm in South Minneapolis. I love uh, meeting people for, for coffee or people who are interested and are like, hey, man, you said some things that I'd love to chat with you about. Uh, reach out to me on the, the socials, and uh, I would, I'd love to meet some people. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they can catch you on your next road trip across America. Yeah, that too. Or actually, World Domination I, Summit or other kinds of groovy places that you've been yeah, lately. Yeah, I actually got to stay with a bunch of people and, and hang out with people that I knew from, from the online world in the real world on that trip, which was awesome to be able to, to do that and very thankful for all of them that opened their, their house to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of generosity on the road, a lot of generosity among people in, in our communities, whether it's paleo or simple living or podcasters. So that's where like that shorthand, right? So we are aligned in some way. That's what I like those labels for is, hey, this is a shorthand for the fact that we believe some of the same things and that we have some kind of alignment. We have some kind of compatibility. And yes, maybe we're strangers. Maybe we don't know each other that well, but let's have a chat. Um, and just be real together. So thanks a ton for being real with us today. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you so much, Joel. All right. I hope I wasn't the only one tempted to pause the episode and go watch some Ultimate Warrior footage on YouTube. You as well? No? That's okay. Uh, More importantly, I really respect how Jeff opened himself up to me and to you, and there's a good chance you'll dig his podcast if you dig this show. Mosey on over to intentionallywandering.com or find him at Jeff underscore wandering on Twitter or Instagram if you want more from this nifty fella. 
You can find links to all the stuff we spoke about, topic timestamps, takeaways, and more grooviness in the show notes at joelzaslowski.com slash S-A-S-M-093. You'll also see information in the show notes about how to support me, this show, and our community via Patreon at joelzaslowski.com slash Patreon. If you're not already a podcast subscriber, if you don't already get my email newsletter, if you want to leave a brief iTunes review, you're going to find links to all that stuff as well in the show notes at joelzaslowski.com slash S-A-S-M-093. One more further note, you are invited to celebrate with me and hopefully thousands of other people. It's the two-year anniversary of publishing my book, Experience Curating. So from February 18 through the 22nd, 2016, go get your free Amazon Kindle version at joelzaslowski.com slash ECB. joelzaslowski.com slash Echo Charlie Bravo. No spreadsheets required. No spreadsheets, I promise. If you'd rather do something else uh, this time of year, mid-February, whenever you happen to be listening to this episode, consider listening to a couple of my favorite podcasts right now. The first is a longtime favorite, probably about three years, from Warren and Betsy Talbot called An Uncluttered Life. And as far as I could tell, it's about you laughing hysterically and often repeatedly while listening Uh, It's got a big side of tools to regain control of a life, whether it's spinning slowly or quickly out of control, they are going to help you get a grip. You can find it at nuncluttered.life.com slash the podcast. That's nuncluttered.life.com slash the podcast. I'm also taking a strong liking to Brooke McCallery and Kelly Exeter's new show, Let It Be. They have this super chemistry. They, man, talk about vulnerable. These two get vulnerable with you and with each other. The only thing that seems unintentional about the whole thing is their quirky humor. I swear, they're not even trying. It's that good. Everything else is purposeful, positive, and all about something that I'm all about. How to do less and be more. You can find it at jackrabbit.fm slash let-it-be. Now, since I'm apparently enjoying funky podcasts with large doses of authenticity, I would love to know what you're listening to right now that you think that I and others should know about. Let me know whose voices, besides mine, you are inviting into your ears in the show notes at joelzaslowski.com slash S-A-S-M-093. That does it for now, my friend. If you want to continue the connection, send me an email, hit me up on Twitter at Joel Zaslowski, J-O-E-L-Z-A-S-L-O-F-S-K-Y. Whatever you do, it's all good, including nothing, because nothing is a splendid thing to do as well. You've just listened to the Smart and Simple Matters podcast with Joel Zaslowski. Now go simplify something, hug someone, or get your sexy spreadsheet on. (laughs) 